What a great song to raise our energy. And this morning we're continuing with a series that we started last week on the 12 powers. For those of you that weren't here last week, our first three powers that we covered were faith, wisdom, and strength. And I won't go on too much about that, but I did want to read just a section of what our co-founder, Charles Fillmore, said about the 12 powers. This just gives us a short definition that we like to work off of. The 12 powers refer to 12 faculties of the mind. These faculties of mind are symbolized in the Old Testament by the 12 tribes of Israel and in the New Testament by the 12 disciples. Charles Fillmore goes one step further. He suggests that each of the 12 faculties has a center in a specific area of our physical bodies. The object of this group of lessons is to familiarize ourselves with the function, character, and location of these disciple faculties. So as I said, we talked about the first three last week. We will continue with this train of thought until we finish all 12. But this week, and I do want to say something, we are so blessed to have Eddie Lee in our midst. You know, he is in ministerial school now and is just a big part of our church teaching different classes, focusing particularly on the courses, the Course of Miracles, Course of Love, Course of Mastery. But I have asked him to share with me this, these 12 powers and in learning a bit about them. And he's going to start today with our fourth power, which is love. So thank you, Eddie. I know it's been a week for you, and I'm just so grateful you're here. Well, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Last week, when I was standing here, I was dis discussing wisdom with you. And I want to touch just a moment on wisdom because it truly brings in and ushers in love. Remember that the disciple that is associated with wisdom is John. And wisdom is found in the center of, the, of our being center of our body known as the solar plexus. Wisdom is that quiet knowing given to us by God. And that brings us to love, which is symbolized by the disciple James, John's brother. Jesus called those two brothers the sons of thunder. And when you recognize why wisdom and love run hand in hand, you will understand why he referred to them as the sons of thunder. Love, I bet you already know where the center of love is located, the heart, just above what we refer to as the solar plexus. Both have a nerve plexus that are intricately tied to each other. Wisdom 
and love run hand in hand. They cannot be separated. Most people do not understand that wisdom represents the thoughts, thoughts of God. Love from the heart, the feeling. When a thought is separated from its feeling, we say the thought is dead because it's the feeling that gives the thought the power, the very power to manifest within our life. Love is the hardest thing to describe. I cannot teach you what love is. How could I? There's a banner right here that says God is love. I can talk to you about God. I can talk to you about love. But I cannot teach you what love is. The reason why, because you are that love. You are the love of God. I cannot tell you who and what you are. That's up to you. I can tell you, though, that you can discover what you are in truth by experiencing that truth, by living that truth. Most of us, though, are afraid of love. We're afraid to listen to our heart. With wisdom, how many of you have heard, what does your gut say? What does your gut tell you? The gut represents the solar plexus, the seat of wisdom. And at other times you may hear, how does your heart feel? What are you feeling right now? your heart speaking. When you take wisdom and love and bring it together, you have at that moment the Christ. For now you are reaching above. For everything above the heart represents the divine. Everything below the heart represents man. The heart is where we meet God. It is where we come together with God. And to do so, we must be in peace. But the only way to, to peace is through love. I also cannot tell you Again, what love is. But I ask people all the time, how does love feel to you? If you had to describe love, how would you describe it to me? Inevitably, they always say the same thing. I feel happy when I'm in love or if I'm thinking loving thoughts. I'm joyous. Absolutely. Because love and joy come together to create peace which opens our hearts and ushers in the divine thoughts of God. Now, we are truly living the power that God gave us. But we must 
always commit it from wisdom and love. So many of us think that the intellect is wisdom. The intellect doesn't know anything. Sure, it reads, it watches, it stores in its memory, but that's not wisdom. Wisdom is the quiet knowing, the knowing that there really is nothing to learn, that everything you need to know is there within you the very moment you need to know it. Marry it with wisdom. Marry it with love. And the Christ is now with you. You become the embodiment in this time of, of Christ himself. That is where our true power lies. And that is what Charles Fillmore was trying to get us to understand. Our potential our potential to be like Jesus, the Christ. To do all the things that he did, and as he said, even more. We can do all things. And we have that power within us. So, I ask you today, open your heart to the love that you are experience it. And I will end with this and turn it over to Marsha for the next two powers. Love. Give it. Freely give it. Give it away. Share it. Whatever you choose to call it. Give, give, give of your love. For when you give, you receive. And when you receive, you recognize you have it. And to have is to be. That's the spiritual law of being. To, to give is to have. To have is to be. So to recognize and experience the love that you really are in truth, give it, freely give it away. And do not deny anyone, anyone, or anything your love. For denial is as total as his love is. If you deny someone your love, you will be the one that will walk away feeling deprived. Share your love and the wisdom to know what to say, when to say it, what to do, how to do it, will be there. What a joyous life. Never to have to worry about, what should I do now? It's all there. Just listen to it. Quiet the mind, feel and experience the love that is within your heart, and hear the voice for God speaking. That is when you know you have heard home, which always goes with you, for heaven is within you. Live it, be it, breathe it, share it, and give love this day. Thank you, guys.
And the next power, after love, that we're going to focus on today is power. Power is found in the throat. And why? We have a book written here by someone in unity called The Power of the Spoken Word. The words are what brings our thoughts verbally into actions. I think it's really important to know that there's two types of power. There's the spiritual power, which comes from within, that Eddie was talking about, addressing love. We have that power within us. And then there's the world's concept of power, power over other people, power to control people or circumstances. Power promises pleasure and fulfillment, but material power often ends up with gain, pain, guilt, and loneliness. And I think what's so interesting about this, our promise for this 12 power meditation series is that Jesus and his disciples symbolize the Christ in each of us. And the 12 faculties are the powers of the mind through which the Christ is able to express. In other words, our physical attributes, our physical parts, are ways that we can express this beautiful spiritual power. Philip is one, the disciple that represents power. He's the power over our thoughts and feelings, and I think that's what's so important to remember. He was the fifth disciple that Jesus chose. He was chosen after the first four disciples and when they were traveling back from Cana. Philip lived in Cana and had known Jesus, but had not realized what a great man he was and how much he represented until the day he asked, he met him, talked to him, and Jesus said, please come and follow me, Philip. He was influenced by the fact that Andrew, Peter, James, and John had accepted Jesus as the chosen one. At the time, Philip was 27, he was married and without children. When he became a disciple, he realized that he was from seven children and that just as the disciples became his spiritual family, those seven children and his mother and father were his family on the human plane. They were a fishing family and seemed to have that in common with several of the disciples. After the resurrection, he was supposedly, he supposedly brought his entire family to learn about Christ's teachings and to baptize them into the kingdom. His nickname was said to be Curiosity, for he was always asked to be shown. He didn't just take something on someone's word. He wanted to know. When the disciples were organized for services, it was Philip's duty to see that they had all the provisions that they needed. His stronger, strongest characteristic was his methodical thoroughness. He did not want to forget anything. He wanted to make sure that all of the bases were covered. He was a plotter, but he set an example to many that Jesus accepted all men into his fold. He participated in the reorganization of the Twelve after Jesus' death 
and was the first to go forth outside the Jewish ranks to convert people to Christianity. He's a perfect representative for the spiritual faculty of power. Charles Fillmore write, writes, the power center is in the throat. It controls all our vibratory energies. It is the open door between formless and form. The character of power can positively raise not only our energy, but that energy can be spread by thought throughout the world. It can also be handled negatively depending on our thoughts. So when you seek, it's so important to remember what's said so beautifully in John 6, 63. It is the spirit that gives life. The flesh is of no avail. The words that I have spoken to you are of spirit and of life. Heaven and earth often pass away, but my words will never pass away. And to quote Charles Fillmore again, voice culture can either give one a tone of brilliancy or one a tone of lack. And so I think what's being spoken by this author, who is Charles Roth, is how important it is that we're aware of our tones. For we do have the power with our words that we can move forward with our dreams, with our desires. That's how they're brought to the human form. Power works also with the love center that Eddie so beautifully mentioned. If you have faith, and never doubt. We have to remember when Jesus spoke these simple words. If you say to the mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it will be done. But you must have the faith to believe. Charles, Charles Fillmore wrote that the words of truth generate that vibration that's so important to manifest while we're on the human plane. And I think it's interesting, I, I happen to like colors, and it's interesting for me to note that the color of power is purple because it reminds us that the kings that came before generation, before generation used to think of the color purple as the symbol of power. So again, when we think of power, let's remember our tones of voice. Let's remember that we have within us the ability to have our desires manifest. And most importantly, that when we combine that with love, that we end up with a life that's beyond our dreams. So that was the fifth um, power of our spoken words. And now, the one that I'm going to talk about a bit more today is imagination. And you know, imagination have called it for years and years, the scissors of the mind. And it's interesting because Cora Fillmore, who wrote a wonderful book, Christ is Enthroned in Man, mentioned the fact that in, in the days that she wrote that, scissors were so important for those that sewed, and many of the mothers at that time, many of the women, made the clothes for their family. So scissors is the, in the hands of a skilled dressmaker cuts out a perfectly fitted dress. 
scissors in the hand of a novice may waste material and even then come out with an ill-fitting outfit. So it's so important to recognize when we're trying to do something on this human plane to remember how important our imagination is, to think things through in our mind before we finish or start and complete a project. I think it's also interesting to know that Bartholomew was the disciple that, that uh, represented this particular power, the power of imagination. This he focused on, imagination needs to be the positive thought, thoughts that are held in mind and the, um, the ability to image and envision our own dreams. Bartholomew was called Nathaniel in the first chapter of John. It's recorded that Jesus saw him under a fig tree. He was the sixth and the last of the disciples to be personally chosen by Jesus. It was said that he was brought to the master by Philip as they had business dealings together. Bartholomew was the sole supporter of his aged parents. He lived with them in Cana. He was the youngest of seven as well and was 25 and unmarried when he joined the disciple. He, along with Judas, was said to have been the two best educated men of the 12 disciples. He was spoken of by the 12 in terms that signified true honesty and sincerity. Bartholomew was thought to be the genius of the band because he was a very practical sort of dreamer. The disciples all loved and respected him as he took Jesus and Jesus' kingdom more serious than many of them. He never took himself seriously, though. It was noted that he loved to relieve tension when Jesus was away. He was a great storyteller with a really good sense of humor, and his philosophy was always positive. His duties while serving Jesus was to look after the families of the 12 disciples, so he was often away from the group. In later years, it was thought that he traveled as far as India, proclaiming the good tidings of our kingdom. Bartholomew shows us that imagination can't be forced. It needs to be invited, but it is a major spiritual tool to be used with the other powers in developing pictures of positive spiritual ideas and expression. And I do think our imagination needs to be brought forth. You know, we can use it for good or we can use it to scare ourselves. But I think the importance of imagination, as I have said many times, we're all part of the whole. We're all spiritually connected. And yet we each have individual desires. And so it's important for us to imagine those desires, to imagine the positive outcome and the higher sense of self that we are choosing here at Unity. And finally, the color that is important with imagination is light blue. It's thought of as the ocean, as the sky. 
So when you think of it and think of your imagination, I go back to a couple stories that I've always enjoyed. And one of them sort of happened a bit yesterday. My precious little granddaughter was playing soccer and it took me back to her mother on the soccer fields many years ago, picking dandelions in the backfield. And you know, that's the beauty of imagination. We can use our heads to keep ourselves no matter what the situation. We can use the, our heads to keep ourselves on task, to look at the beauty around us. Or we can use that special imagination to scare ourselves, and that's what we don't want to do. I have one more story with imagination that I think is so important. There was a young man that was born with very, very little and he worked so hard to have the money to go to college. He worked two or three jobs to get through college. He was so excited when he finally got a degree in business and started out at the lowest level of one of these companies that's so important around the United States today. He stood by it and gradually went up the ladder, but as he rose to the top, he said, I don't know what's happening with me. I'm missing something in my life. And finally, he found somebody, and it happened to be a unity person. This is a true story. It happened to be someone that he had spoken to very often. And the fellow asked him a simple question. He said, well, now that you're CEO of our company, can you sit back a bit and talk to yourself and see if you really and truly enjoy your job? Do you like what you're doing? And that man said, I can't answer that right now. I need time to think. And he took a day or two off and started walking. He was in a uh, Midwest state, so he chose to walk in the woods. He chose to find the quiet time. He came back and asked to see that fellow a week or two later. And he said, I'm so glad you asked me that question because, no, I don't like what my, I'm doing. I simply went this route because I wanted to, I did not want to have my family in the same position that the family that I was raised in was, was. They were very poor. They were raised during the Depression. And so he went to great lengths to do whatever he could to gain the material things that were needed so that his family would not be in poverty. He thought that through. He thought it through not quickly. It took him over a year. But that man is now a minister in unity. And he also has one of the largest churches in Texas. So I looked at that and I sort of giggled to myself because I thought how many times so many of us move forward with what we think is necessary and yet we miss that important um, attribute of imagination. We miss thinking, what would fill me up, not only on the inside, but what would give me that special energy to keep running and doing my purpose? And I tell that story often because so many of us, when we start out, we just know what was shown to us in the need to do something. And yet when we start going within 
and asking ourselves, what raises our consciousness? What makes us feel excited? What desires do I have that maybe I haven't even thought about in a long time? And it may be as simple as taking a picnic to the beach. Or it may be, as somebody said to me at Unity Village, now that I'm a minister, I'm not going to have one church. I've wanted to travel around the United States all my life, and I haven't had the opportunity. So I ask each one of you, as you think of imagination today, as we go through these different powers, I think it's really important to use that third eye that imagination is in, our, in front of our, above our eyes, in the middle of our forehead. And let's dream a little bit. Let's use that imagination for good. And so I say to you, these are here thanks to Charles Fillmore. These powers have given us at Unity a special gift. Some people cho choose to focus on the chakras, but for those of us that use the spiritual wisdom of Unity, we know that these powers are within each and every one of us and can be activated any time we so choose. So we'll continue this next week. We'll continue until we finish our 12. But just know when we choose to use them, we can truly have a life dedicated to the Christ consciousness within us. And we can fulfill many of those dreams that we have made and perhaps let go to sleep. So with that said, next week we'll focus on three more. Thank you. We come to that time of worship where we get to be quiet. We get to go within, seek deep within our hearts. So I ask, please close your eyes, relax your body, take a deep healing breath. As you breathe in, think, God is. And as you let that breath out, think, I am. Sink deeper into that quiet space, that inner sanctuary, where truth, peace, love, and joy resides. Go within it, be with it, be in the moment with the love, the imagination, the power, sit with it, immerse yourself in it.
as we slowly bring our awareness back into this room, this time in this place. We do so with joy, with love in our hearts, wisdom and imagination within our minds. And we go forward today knowing that we have the power of the Christ always within us. And we leave here today grateful to God for all that we have and have been given. done. I can no longer hide. I can no longer run. No longer can I resist the guiding light that gives me the power to keep up the fight. Oh, no, no, love, thy will be done. Since I have found you, my life has just begun, and I see all of your creations as one perfect complex. No one more beautiful or more special than the rest. We all are blessed and so wise to accept. Thy will, love, be done. will be mine and make me strive for the glorious and divine I could not be more more satisfied even when there's no peace outside my window there's peace inside and that's why I no longer run love thy will be done done. I can no longer hide. I can no longer run. No, 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 love. Thy will be done. Thy will, love, be done. No longer can I resist the guiding light. The light that gives me power to keep up the fight. I gotta be more satisfied. Even when there's no peace outside my window, there is peace inside. And that's why I can no longer run. Love, thy will be done. 
Thy will not be done. 